You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. All right. Excellent. Victor Pacheco is logging on. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, Victor. <laughs> Log it on. Log, Log it on. It. Victor, for the folks at home, was giving me a heart attack like our recent <laughs> guest of lately. Oh, my God. Victor's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck with Keith, too. I'm like, what the? I'm like yeah. waiting here. Like my, I was like, and co-host should not give the host anxiety, Victor. Okay, sorry. My 1,000 apologies. But at the same time, like Keith, if I told you want to be there, you shouldn't worry about my health. Oh, okay. I was worried about horrible. my health. That's why I was like, <laughs> uh, I was yeah, like, right. oh my god. Yeah, right. No, no, it's oh. okay. No, okay. I, I'd be pissed too. I'd be like, dude, you said you're gonna be there. Oh, I'm not. Um, pi- I'm not pissed. I'm really no, no, not I, pissed. I would. I would be pissed. I'd be like, oh. disappointed. On I was just like, oh my god, because. You and I had that little adventure the other day who the guest was very apologetic. Oh, great. Our guest is here. Uh, Should we let him in? Okay. (laughs) Best pre-show ever. Best pre-show ever. Okay. We will talk about this uh, anxiety when the guest comes in, but I have an announcement. Uh, we are thrilled on Razor Riffs to share that Canadian comedian Yvonne Decker is releasing his latest comedy special on Valentine's Day, folks. So grab your popcorn and get ready to celebrate and laugh with popcorn. That's what it's called, Victor. Popcorn. It's debuting on February 14th on 800-pound Gorilla Media records and he's waiting to come in the zoom ivan decker yeah ivan how are you buddy hey fellas good to see you good to see you too yeah having me on of course thanks for asking to be on i uh when i i when they i was because like i'm a big fan of yours i think you're one of the best uh comedians who's younger than me ever Wow, that's yeah. uh thank you so much. Yeah, I only got two years ahead of you, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it pays to be young, you know what I mean? Well, I'm, what if I'm lying about my age though? Well, you know, then I would have more respect for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm not, unfortunately. Yeah. Too honest. I, I always had this like weird theory. By the way, uh, we gave you a sweet ass promo for popcorn. Oh, we're, thank you so much. We're going to yeah. talk about it, but yeah. I had to tell you this theory since yes, you brought please. it up. Okay. Please, please. I had, oh, by the way, this is Victor Pacheco. He's the trusty sidekick. Hey, what's Victor. up, man? Good yeah. to meet you. Nice so, to meet you, too. So if, you, if your jokes aren't landing, just let Victor know and he'll laugh. <laughs> I'll just do a point? Yeah, yeah, just a point. <laughs> VP, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> But if it, you do, only if you do that old timey voice. Yeah. <laughs> Just a real, you, real uh, old timey ah. radio. Hey, Victor. Hey. This guy knows. <laughs> yeah. So I always had this theory that, like, have you ever seen Home Alone with Macaulay yes. Culkin? Okay. Oh yeah. So I always had this theory that 
in the movie macaulay culkin's like eight or six or eight or six right he's in those those yeah. eight right yeah yeah and he's very smart for a kid you know what i mean because he he beats up joe pesci and daniel stern and i always had this theory what if he was just like an old kid but he had that like young syndrome you know what i mean like from <laughs> benjamin bratt or something because yeah. you know what i mean because there's no way he could beat <laughs> these two robbers who have like steals and stuff like it just doesn't make any sense you know what yeah I mean? he's he's crafty he's really he, got uh he's he's wise beyond his years i think you're onto something i think yeah. that's a good that's a good fan theory yeah so i think maybe you might have that disease if you're older than me <laughs> Well, not that I know of, but yeah. you know, we'll get checked. Yeah, not trying to diagnose you with anything serious, but I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah, no, yeah. I should go. <laughs> I've been trying to age myself, you know. I'm trying to look like, uh, yeah. like I think I, I was thinking about I should start smoking cigars, so like, uh, people <laughs> oh yeah, take me more seriously. Yeah. So I don't think because I remember when I started doing stand up, I started when I was 19, and it was right. just like a very like I didn't realize it at the time, but then looking back, I was like, "Yeah, nobody wants to listen to a nineteen-year-old do stand-up yeah. comedy." Imagine going out, paying money, and then this kid walks up and he's like, "Here's what I think about oranges," and you're like, "I don't care about this." So I feel like the older <laughs> I've gotten, the more like you know, when you start having people your own age and younger in the audience, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit better. I feel like there's a built-in, although you know, they get too young, then it then you run into that issue again yeah shut up old man <laughs> who wants to hear about you <laughs> i was just curious about like after shows did you actually smoke cigars like that was what i was like really impressed with like holy oh. lord i, I yeah, haven't I've... seen a cigar in like 20 years yeah well there's nowhere to do it like i you know <laughs> if, if i was allowed to smoke a cigar in the green room like a gentleman i would do it but like, well, I gotta smoke a cigar. I gotta go stand by the dumpster, and then like, like the cook comes out with the chicken wing garbage, and he's like, "Ah, hey, good set." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm just trying to <laughs> really bask in the atmosphere out here in the alley. Yeah, it's kind of like when you do a show, like one of those, like I don't know, like uh, Joey Diaz type guys. You know, the guy who you would think smokes a cigar. You'd be like, "Oh my god, we're gonna get arrested because he's gonna smoke a Cuban cigar." And then you find out he's doing cocaine and you're like, wait a second, which one are we getting arrested for? Yeah, yeah. You're like, which one's worse to be indoors? I feel like cigars, cigars. more cigars. noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you I don't think there's any secondhand up. cocaine. <laughs> That's not they don't like to share. So it's yeah. it's pretty rare. Yeah. So uh let's talk about uh popcorn for a second. And it's uh it's coming out this Valentine's uh day. Yes, right, yeah. Right? The pre-release uh on the eight hundred pound gorilla website will be on February thirteenth. So that'll be a it's just like a pay what you can structure if you want to see it early. Ah. And then uh after a month of that in, on March nineteenth, uh it'll go up for free on YouTube for everybody to see. Oh nice. So when you say pay what you can so like for struggling comics like me and Victor, we could like just Venmo you a cent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Send me, uh, yeah. Send me a link to your. We'll just do a a trade. I'll trade you for your special. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh so 800 pound gorilla uh so what made you go that route instead of the 600 pound gorilla like why yeah. do you go with the bigger one uh i had to i'm really trying to get my reps in you know yeah. trying to be a stronger man <laughs> uh no they're great they have kind of everybody it's kind of interesting it's it's such a it's cool to be part of such a large kind of media center like they've done really great things i think for a lot of comics over the past couple years and especially during the pandemic they kind of had this central platform and they talked to all kinds of people one of my favorite moments when we were in the initial negotiations for the special was we had a zoom meeting and i got on and then they joined a little bit after me and they were like Hey, uh, sorry we're late. We were just explaining TikTok to Bob Newhart. <laughs> I was like, ah, did he love it? And they're like, he did not. <laughs> you should have said, well, I think Bob Newhart has that uh, old person's disease because I think he's actually like three. Yeah, you know, he's just a... <laughs> yeah, he's got a very young demeanor. That guy. Yeah, yeah, keeps it fresh. Oh man, I love Bob Newhart, man. Like oh, he's one of the greatest. Wouldn't it be like because he's actually very old for the folks at home now, but like when you like I would always be like, I don't know, man. Like if I saw him this old, like because he because he's so old, I don't know if I would be able to talk to him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. if he would so I think that would fanboy me down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I he I think he's still pretty sharp i mean i haven't heard anything he's done super recently but i think about five years ago he was on conan's podcast and that's oh, a great nice. listen because he's still so sharp and he's like rickles style roasting conan for pretty much the entire episode and it's it's pretty fantastic yeah so I, you... I think he was like you know in his late 80s at that point still sharp yeah. i hope i'm that good oh yeah old, you know I hope I'm way more successful when I'm that old, you know? <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope we yeah. all are. Yeah. A rising tide lifts all boats, Keith. Oh, no, definitely. I I once did stand-up in front of uh, Dick Van Dyke. You know who that guy is? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a guy whose name is Dick, he was the biggest sweetheart in the world. Oh, and nice. uh Yeah. So I went up to him after the show, right? And uh, this is like an old moment. I was like, oh, hey, uh, Dick Van Dyke, I'm Keith. And he's just like nodding. I was like, would you like to do my podcast? You know, I don't know, something stupid. And uh, he's like, he's like, I'm 90, dude. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. That's the nice thing about being that old. You can just be like, hey, I'm 90. Dude was the best part, though. He said, dude, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm 90, dude. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Like, what, I don't know anything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> and then like years later, I see him in Mary Poppins too. Cause I'm on acid and he's like jumping around and stuff. I was like, Oh, you're like, Oh man, I wish he'd done my podcast. <laughs> like he said no to raise a risk, but he said yes to Mary Poppins too. I don't yeah. know. Mary but, Poppins uh, too. I didn't even know they made a sequel. I love, I feel like there's a great, uh, untapped resource in like seeking out all of those classic movie sequels yeah they just like didn't want to make a sequel themselves so they sold off the title like i think i watched starship troopers 2 oh yeah yeah and it was like one of the worst things i've ever seen yeah uh, they it made, it made they, you want to think bring back starship trooper one 
Yeah, exactly. Like they uh, had clearly just taken footage from the first movie and like put a filter over it to be like it's it's a different planet. Because uh, it's yeah. nice. It's like no, it isn't. This is the same shot. You bought one three minute shot from Star Troopers one of the aliens like running at you, and then the rest was like Yeah, like a bad uh teen romp. I mean they were boobs. Yeah, yeah. That's nice, I don't know. you know. Starship Troopers was one of those movies. And again, this is another another thing that has nothing to do with you. But uh, it's one of those movies where like, if because I saw it when I was like nine or ten. It was like my first porno movie that I saw because I don't know yeah. if you know this, but there's like ten sex scenes. Yeah. You know, right. and, you know, you're a little boy. You're like, yeah, I'm going to kill some bugs. Whoa, titties. Yeah, that's and way then better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like guns anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I got taken to that movie by my divorced dad, who I think, you know, I was a little too young, but he was like, whatever. We'll do this <laughs> this afternoon. I even had a I have a younger brother who's five years younger than me. I think he was like six. Yeah. When we went <laughs> And like I'm pretty sure he got nightmares from the bugs, but I was yeah. like, I saw boobs. I don't care about any of this. Oh my god, <laughs> Richards, yeah. baby. Yeah, I saw that right after I, I got done with breastfeeding, and I remember I saw it with my dad. I was like, Dad, those are way better than mom's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. So, uh, when did you film Popcorn? And like, uh, like, was this something you filmed during the pandemic or right after? Or because it was, I kind of got it set up. We were having a lot of trouble finding a venue, so the plan <laughs> was to record it kind of right after, uh, once things started opening up again. And uh, I did a real sort of search for venues, and I was gonna kind of do it at just one of the clubs I was at on the road, and then I decided to film it. Uh, in the town of Victoria, British Columbia, because I have gone there in the past and uh, the crowds there have traditionally been great. And the club that I filmed at was one of my favorite clubs when I was starting out. Mm -hmm. And I realized that throughout the pandemic, I had not been back there. So I had kind of like an untapped uh, audience base. So I was like, I shouldn't, out of all the places, I shouldn't have trouble filling this one. Yeah, And so I picked a, a spot where I knew I would be able to sell out. I made the tickets like pretty cheap because I just wanted to make sure that people came and there were people in the crowd. So uh, one cent did. tickets? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close. I think they were like 10 bucks or something. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we got lucky. We sold it out and did two shows back to back um, and recorded it. I recorded it last uh, end of May, early June. Uh, of last year and so then we've just been in post-production um i did a lot of like grinding before that just kind of went on the road and headlined as much as i could everywhere yeah. try to make sure the set works you know all across north america which is something i'm very blessed to get to do uh like i love getting to headline from like texas all the way up to like vermont and just have these completely different perspectives of crowds and make sure the material works in front of anybody that I could find. And, yeah. uh, and so that was a really good sort of prep. And so I thought I felt pretty ready. And then we recorded about 50 minutes. I think we cut it down to 38 and uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's all that matters, man, because 
Like, uh, so I filmed my first special. I, I think it's the best thing I've ever done. And then I filmed my second special and I liked the humor better in the second special. But I, when I filmed it, I got heckled the whole time. So I, oh, no. I, so like, I have to refilm it. Yeah. But it really bummed me out because I was like, oh, this special is going to be better than my first special. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's always tough, too, because, you know, you spend so much of your time on your first special because this is kind of my third, I guess, yeah. that I've done. And so you have all of this material that you've worked for your entire like your first album, your first special. That's like 10 years. You have to get ready for that. Yeah. And the next one, they're like, do it again, but in two years. You know, yeah, like, I know. Okay. They always want more from you. And you're yeah, like, yeah. Ah. Content is king. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of trying to match that uh, level of uh, production, but I also, I'm more of a, I have a joke brain. So I really want to like make sure that the versions of the jokes that I'm telling are the best. Yeah. It could be. And so I want the opportunity. It takes a little bit longer to try all the different angles of the material and make sure that they're. And of course, as soon as you record it, if you keep doing that material, you improve it and you're like, ah, I should have taped it. But that's why you could do it on the fourth or fifth one. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like you confuse the audience, especially your hardcore fans. Like, you could do all your stuff on your first album. And then, like, on your fifth one, do the exact same album. And, like, really, like, mindfuck them. But just with new tags? Just yeah, like, this yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's nice, too, to have that because if people haven't seen the earlier stuff, when yeah. they come and see me live, I can kind of do older stuff. Yeah. So my material, I, I try to make it pretty evergreen. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. getting a little I, bit more personal these days. So, it, yeah. It might change. Well, I'm not saying take that advice. I'm just saying that's something you could do because the worst comic of all time, Barry Sobel, does that. And man, I always buy his album every single year. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta check him out. Oh yo, know, dude, you're you, he is so bad. Right when you see it, you're gonna turn it off. <laughs> that's good. I yeah. you know it's hard to be saves that you time, bad. baby. That's how bad he is. Yeah, there's a lot of people trying to land in the middle. It's nice to have somebody that's like, I'm the absolute bottom, and that's <laughs> what you're gonna get. Yeah. Uh see, Victor, the, the, this like uh, you know, Ivan's been Ivan's been doing comedy for since he was 19, and he looks like he's 12, and he already has three specials. So you're, <laughs> you know, you gotta take notes. You gotta be like, all right, yeah. I know. I'm really impressed with the fact that Ivan is um, also six months younger than me. And I look like when he was in high school, I could have been a janitor there at the same time. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just like, hey, what's up, kid? You want to buy some weed? It's like, no, get away from me. Well, you know, I got that uh, touch up my appearance slider on Zoom all the way to the right. Ah, I so. could tell the filter. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've been uh, aged these because I have a toddler now, so it's. Uh, oh, you do. Been a oh. real uh, last, you know. I I had my kid in uh, September of last year, and so I had he was about six months old when I filmed the special. Oh, congratulations! Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. And so that's sort of something I'm learning to deal with now is like being heavily sleep deprived, and yeah, it's uh, a little bit different, and just even just having time to write and, and what to talk about now too. Cause it's like, you know, when you have a kid, it's, it kind of, it's all consuming. 
Yeah, I I'm, do want to I'm make sure the sure humor I... goes into a different direction the way you're used to, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's it's just it's occupying a lot of my brain. And so I think about those kinds of things. But it's like at the same time, you don't want to fall into that trap of being like the dad comedian. Yeah. He talks about his kids and then you lose such a large percentage of the comedy world. Yeah. I tried to make sure I have a good mix in the special popcorn. I have a little bit of stuff about parenting, but it's mostly, you know, my old classic uh, food-based material and weird observations, hyper-focusing yeah. on tiny little things. So I wanted to ask you a question, but I also wanted to share something. Like the good thing about children, and my mom told me this when I was 15 years old. I'll never forget it. Uh, she said, I could still get rid of you. <laughs> yeah it's true anytime you can uh yeah someone will take them yeah but i wanted to ask you uh when you made popcorn like did you think that uh like uh your mindset because i think i want to be a dinosaur is probably one of the best comic albums ever and i want to oh, know thank like you so much i want to know like did you like did you like try to prove like be like ah i want to get it to that standard or like yeah. how okay yeah absolutely that's kind of what I uh, what I always think. I always think that it needs to have something a little bit better than the previous album or special and move it up a little bit. And so, you know, I have, uh, I have, I mean, I wanted to be a dinosaur had this kind of narrative structure in it that I tried to apply to this one too. Because yeah. I always think that uh, whenever I start building a new hour, building a new act, it obviously just starts as like a list of jokes and there's different styles with it too. I think a lot of comedians, specifically comedians who do a lot of like the fringe circuit, the European comics, like they're always so interesting to watch for me because they have the format of, and I'm not sure if they all do this, but some of them, it seems like they have a narrative thread first. They decide like, this is the story I want to tell. It's going to start out here. It's going to end up here. And then they add jokes throughout but they make sure that it's a good story first yeah. whereas i think i'm from the camp where we come up with 45 minutes of material and then attempt to link it all into a thread as best we can and it's kind of interesting where i'm at this blank restart point and i have to make that choice of like do i want to try to find a story first and write material towards that or should i just let it happen the way it normally does and develop this material and so when i did popcorn it was originally sort of like the story of uh the pandemic and me getting married and that kind of thing the transitioning into quote unquote adult life and so uh i did remove a bunch of the pandemic stuff because i was like it's kind of been too long i don't want people to like some of the observations i made are sort of older now like i had right. originally i had a joke on it about the arrows on the floor at the grocery store and how like nobody did it that yeah and the one rule where like it didn't matter which end of the covid cycle you're on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everybody unanimously was like yeah well i mean no one's doing the arrows obviously that's stupid <laughs> we're not doing that <laughs> yeah i remember the arrows i always thought because like uh like man like so they're they're like you got to put it in, in hindsight, too. Like, there's this virus going around killing everybody, right? Yeah. You have time to tape arrows. <laughs> like, <laughs> it made no sense to me. I don't yeah. know. 
And then they're like, that's the funny thing is like these, they're still there. A lot of the stickers and stuff. Oh yeah, because they're too lazy to. Yeah, yeah. You go to Target now, and they still have the little circles. They're like six feet apart, and I'm like, no, never. Get those off of there. (laughs) Doing that now, it's crazy. Yeah. But Uh, uh, yeah, so I I kind of scaled back a little bit of that, but it still has that structure, that narrative of like you know getting married and having a kid. Yeah. And then of course within that there is uh, a pretty sizable uh, piece of material about uh, how much I love popcorn. Well, so like comedy, like I I like it because like, you know, when you headline, it's like seducing a, a lady or something, you know what I mean? Like first you got to ask her out. So you got to start with the good jokes, you know, you got to impress the audience and then you got ways, you know, your, your time to get the clothes off, you know? So you got to get a little, a little dark, but let them know you're still a good guy. Right. And then you got to shove it up the ass. You know what I mean? And that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty accurate for me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's always my closer, my closer to the audience. I'm like, look, you might not enjoy this, but I'm going to like it. So shut your eyes. <laughs> you're, you're doing me a favor. I've been nice all night. <laughs> this one's for me. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, man. All three of us, we should go on tour. I think it would be great. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. Yeah, we could call it the Shut Up the Ass Tour. <laughs> that's uh, right. You know what's coming by the third one of us that's up on stage. <laughs> Then they're then they're excited about it. They're like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I wanted to ask you because like I tried to listen to another interview you did, so I don't ask you the same questions. Oh, that's very yeah. nice of you. And uh, and uh, the thing is, is like I think a musician was interviewing you because every question he would ask you, he would turn it around like. So when I write a country song, you know what I mean? And he's just and you're trying to talk about jokes, and you're like. Yeah, jokes are like country songs. I don't know. I just thought it was so funny because, like, I I don't know if you remember this interview, but I remember every answer. You were just like trying to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This I mean, is it's just like music. There is, there are some similarities for sure, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely two different art forms. Oh. But it is that thing of like, I like talking to other artists about their their processes and their like even authors, people who write, like it's weird to me too to to talk to people who write, uh, even just writing humor, like for books or for the internet or whatever, like what is written down funny may not be as funny when you say it. And so like I had a conversation with a friend of mine just about like the difference in the way that, like I'm always, I'm weird with jokes like I'm like a foodie. Like I think certain jokes have a certain mouthfeel. Right. And the way that they come out, you have to have the right syllables, the right consonants. Like, uh, but logically in writing, it may be funnier if it's written a certain way. If you're not actually hearing it spoken, you can get to a different point in your laughter when you're reading it. But I think like the example that he gave me or that we were talking about was I have a joke in my act about uh, during the lockdown, uh, the difference between uh, when like when my wife and I were first started dating, we were in a long distance relationship and then the lockdowns happened. And uh, that's when I realized the only thing harder than a long distance relationship is a close distance relationship. Yeah. 
And <laughs> I said, close distance relationship. And he said, you should say no distance relationship. Yeah. And I was like, no distance relationship is also funny, but the word close has that hard consonant sound yeah. at the beginning that I think makes it just a little bit funnier. I don't know if if you feel the same way. No, no, I I I, I agree with the comic because I, there's nothing worse with someone who doesn't do comedy who tries and writes your material for you, and they yeah. think they think they're helping, but really they're they're making themselves look stupid in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there is there is a an interesting thing with stand up where everybody thinks that it's such a like low art form that they're like, oh, I could just do it if I wanted to, but yeah. I don't. I've emceed a wedding. I did great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so funny you say this because Victor and I were just talking about this the other day where like I have this theory that no matter how good of a comic anyone is, they'll never be able to give a hundred percent performance. I think the best they could do is maybe 95 or 96 because of certain words. Like when you're telling our joke, or even when we're talking just like this, like I could say something, but maybe I stutter something and it doesn't come out right. And I feel this is a great interview, but it's not a perfect interview because no one could ever be perfect. Yeah, exactly. I think there's, unless it's over rehearsed, but even then, yeah. You know, like if you really practice every word, you're still going to fuck it up somehow. Or or you're just going to diminish the performance because now you're too focused on saying all the words correctly instead of being honest and being in the room and being charismatic. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that there is that. There's always that factor. There's always some kind of thing you're going to stumble on, something you're going to forget. And that's why, I, like, I think when you tape a special, that's why it's so good to do multiple takes so then you yeah. can edit them together you can find and hopefully within you know if you have three 80 percents hopefully the 20 percents line up somewhere else and you don't screw it up three times in a row in the same spot so that you can edit in and try to build a 100 percent special out of those three takes that's why late night is so nerve-wracking yeah because you only get one shot you know when you do late night or when you do a just for last taping like any of those it's just so stressful because it's like, this is it. This is your one, you've got this one five minute set. And I mean, the, the just for last tapings are great because they, they'll record extra. So like you'll usually do eight or seven minutes and then they'll cut it down to five. So if there are any scripts, they'll take them out. But yeah, late night, it's like, it's all hanging out there. So that's yeah. why it's like, you have to be so perfect and so rehearsed, but then at the same time, trying to stay like loose and it's just like this crazy conflict of every single cylinder firing and trying to focus on everything i remember when i did conan i, I felt like the set was like two minutes long like i was convinced yeah, yeah, i yeah. forgot some material because you're so focused on every single even if you're in the moment killing with the joke that you're currently telling in your brain you're like okay what is next what is the next line? How long do I pause? I go here, then I go here, then this. It's like with uh, Olympic bobsledders when they did studies, they realized that like they don't blink for the entire track. interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's like a minute. It's like a minute and forty five seconds from top to bottom. But every turn, they're like turn one, turn two, turn three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Do you think though that maybe the the and I know Victor has a question for you, but I just want to make this point real fast. Do you think that uh, maybe when you did Conan, uh, your mindset was, okay, maybe it wasn't about the stand-up, it was about 
a help in your career and maybe that's why you thought it took longer yeah yeah maybe i think everything is in your mind so it's right like yeah, you're yeah. Just constantly being bombarded by any thought is there and so yeah. you have to try to like build a shield and just when those curtains open yeah. walk out and pretend you're no, you're a normal person and this isn't the most insane thing that's ever happened to you <laughs> yeah i've never done conan but it's always been my dream to do a, a late night set but then like so like i got very lucky because i toured with norm mcdonald for nine years and he was my oh, amazing yeah he was my comic hero and i thought that's more important to me than late night and then it turns out now you know i lost norm and late night because there's no late night show so i feel like i got in a way kind of fucked i don't yeah, know that's, that's tough but you know that'd be I mean? something else yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm really hoping for uh you know the podcast uh stand up you know yeah. what i mean where you do a podcast and you're like all right do your five minutes on a podcast you're like yeah i think that'll happen yeah uh victor you got a question buddy Oh yeah, um, I have a question. Um, so when you're having all these like cylinders going off at the same time, like for uh, late night taping or just for laughs taping, what do you do to like keep your composure? Uh, yeah, I think in there, like I did a little bit of like breathing exercise training and like try to do that. Try to yeah. focus. I think that for me, it's it's so hard too because like everybody's brain is different. But for me, I think what helps is doing like what i said where i'm i just remove everything and focus solely on the jokes and like yeah. this is the next like you're just looking at the you're watching for the next joke or the next corner if you're a bobsled racer and so looking for that when the laugh is happening you're like okay this is good i'm in here and then you just like go because the other thing is the time has to be perfect you can't go long on late night you have to you hit your four minutes and 30 seconds exactly and so yeah. I was like, i'm there and they hold up a thing like they're holding up like you've got 30 seconds left and you're like all right uh. trying not to rush your last bit they're and like so, we gotta bring on john cusack to ask him about whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i think to answer your question victor it's like i just try to pull focus in and try to focus on pick one thing that you can uh you're in control of which is your material and yeah. try to just have that be the thing that you're focusing on and letting it guide you but yeah i mean looking natural on tv as a stand-up it takes years it takes so many and i've been very lucky that i've had i've gotten the chance to do a, a little bit of tv and so it's like i'm finally reaching a point now where i'm like i think I look more comfortable. Like I did a taping a couple of years ago and I was like, I definitely look, if you compare this one to like my earlier tapings, it's like, I was a little bit more relaxed. I could tell I was laughing. I was having a good time. Yeah. I mean, my, my Netflix, I didn't move my arm for like a long time. Like my non microphone arm. I, when yeah. I watch it, it's just hanging there so weirdly for like the first 10 minutes of the special and so i was like oh i'm now i'm very aware of this and so i think for for this for popcorn i was like all right move your goddamn hand more you idiot <laughs> <laughs> i think i was focusing on that more than anything else <laughs> oh my god uh but so that what you just said is a perfect example why i never take the mic out of the stand because yeah you know 
everyone says like i remember when i first started comedy everyone was like oh you gotta take the mic out of stand and there's no rules in comedy in my opinion except be funny so i feel that that's like even if i did do conan or whatever i don't think i would ever take a mic out of the stand i would ask for a mic stand yeah and they like that because then they can just put one camera on you and leave it you know yeah if you move around too much they're like ah this is i gotta you know yeah, I think having it in the stand, I'm just like, I don't know, I like to walk around a little bit. I think that's the problem. But I also messed up when I first started doing stand-up because I chose my dominant hand to hold the microphone, which I think Oh, is did you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to hold the mic and, like, I'm right-handed. I should be holding the mic in my left hand. Yeah. And I'm not. And I think that's why it's so weird feeling for me. Because yeah. like, I don't really use my non-dominant hand. So that's why it just hangs there. So I've tried several times to be like, all right, this is tonight. I'm doing all left hand mic. And then as soon as I start going into a bit that has like a physical component to it, I'm like, I can't do it. I got to switch back. So it's, <laughs> I really need to like buckle down yeah, and like switch to left hand. My next special, I promise left hand microphone that's what you should call left hand mic (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, when you first uh started comedy or any type of theater arts thing did you ever hear this expression oh imagine everyone in the in the audience being naked or something to help you relax or whatever yes yeah isn't that that like the worst advice ever oh my god you just get turned on yeah i know i mean i was like (laughs) Like, I remember I used that, like, the first time I did comedy. I was like, oh, my God, all these people have big cocks. I don't know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a similar version of that for, like, if you're at a urinal and, like, the person next to you is, like, making it so you can't pee. Oh, yeah. I have that problem sometimes, yeah. You're supposed to imagine that you're just peeing on them. Oh, really? Fuck you, you fucking loser. I'll pee on you. And then they (laughs) apparently... That's supposed to help. I have not tried it. I've yeah. never heard of that. I've never heard of that. You just made that up. No, no I didn't. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've I'm heard just of kidding. it. I've never heard of that though. I've never heard of that. That's so funny. Well, <laughs> and I swear to God, it feels like everyone's checking out your dick when you're taking a piss at a ball game. I know, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. oh my everybody, god. Everybody, everyone's curious. You're like, yeah, do fat guys have small cocks? <laughs> like, oh, he must be Samoan. It's like, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for the kids. I remember being a kid going to a ball game. And you're just you take you're off right all your, your clothes, right? right your eye height, though. It's horrible. Yeah, your eye level. It's horrible. The nightmare. Like, I thank God they added the little. There was a, a ballpark uh, near where I grew up where they had a like a fountain. It was like a circular urinal. Oh no! That everybody no. peed it. So there'd be a guy across from you, pee, and you're gonna look at him like, hey, I guess. Uh, what we're all doing i like to i don't know maybe it's just me but like because i seriously do have that problem sometimes if the bathroom's sold out and like they don't have the stalls so like so like yeah. there's and i really have to go but i'm not going you know what i mean so i'm just like you could oh, either yeah. do two things you could either fake like you wouldn't be like all right I would, you know. but i liked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fake the fake ip that's a real big move as a man when you're like yeah no, i did it 
oh boy, I feel great now, even though you feel worse. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm still holding it. But but so like here's what I like to do just to turn the tapes. Like it's a sold out bathroom, right? And for some reason I just can't go, even though I have to go. I just say really loud, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. Then everybody else feels weird. Right? <laughs> yeah, Get it on them. <laughs> I go, come on, big boy. <laughs> well, in my case, it's small boy, but you know, like it's you and me, pal. We're in this together. <laughs> uh, so so I, I, I like to do that when there's just me and one other guy in there. <laughs> Are we doing this or what? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I got two more questions for you. Uh, this question, do you remember the worst set of your life? And oh, absolutely. How, and like, why, why does it stick in your brain? The, yeah, I the worst set of my life uh, undoubtedly was a corporate gig. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. That I got hired for in northern Saskatchewan. Uh, and I had to drive. They, the town itself did not even have a hotel. So I had to stay in saskatoon which is a larger city uh -huh. and so I, f I had to fly into saskatoon and stay there but the day of the gig it was like a three-hour drive through the uh driving snow like it was like horrible winter conditions and so i left early like i was like i don't know how long it's gonna take me to get there i've never been there before so i was like i'll leave i'll give myself like four hours in case i need to stop or something happens i don't want to miss this gig and so I drove up there and I, then I'm there way early. So then it's weird because there's no green room. It's just like in this little like town hall type thing. And so then I'm just standing by the coats for like two hours while everybody's like walking by like, who are you? And I'm like, ah, hi. And they're like, do you want any food? And I was like nervous. I was like, I don't want to eat. So I'm just like this weird guy standing by the bathroom for two hours. <laughs> then they introduced me. And I'm Did wearing you... a suit, which was a big mistake. Oh, I yeah. feel like the town is small. And like the last time they saw a guy in a suit come to town, he closed the mill and they're all mad at him. And so I think like uh, <laughs> it was a bad vibe. Bad, like everything. I made a lot of incorrect decisions. So it's like I, I've obviously analyzed it a lot because it was such a terrible set. It was also like uh, I made all the mistakes. Like I came up, I came in hot. I didn't match the energy of the room. Right. Uh, they hate they like didn't like my it didn't land the first joke didn't land so then i tried to like get them going a little bit and uh, it was a weird uh thing because like some most of the time you bomb at a corporate that that it's because everybody just starts talking they're like okay this is stupid we're just gonna talk at our table yeah. but the the venue was so small that i don't think they wanted to do that so instead they all just chose to like fold their hands and look down at the table and just like wait like they all just like stonewall just like we're just gonna look at the <laughs> ground till this guy's done oh, and so wow. there was no like engagement it was like the table it was like long table so they're all sitting sideways to me so yeah. i couldn't even like get in anybody's face because they all were just like we're just not gonna look at them let's just not look at them and then i did like my full 40 minutes 45 minutes uh and i like I tried to like poke fun and acknowledge that like this is not going well, yeah. and then that didn't work, and like it was just nothing, nothing, nothing. 
completely bombed. And then I walked like just out the door. Like I didn't even, I walked off stage and just went to my car and then drove away. Like I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I didn't say thank you to the organizer or anything. Yeah. And then they, uh, they they told the company that hired me they were like this guy was really bad we don't want to. <laughs> and so then they were like okay you don't have to pay him just cover his flight and then yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't so i didn't even get paid I was oh so my mad. god yeah that's the worst when they say you don't have to i would say you have to either way you know yes. what i mean yeah but i uh, still have not forgiven that booking agency for yeah I, I have a very similar story like that. I did it corporate and I was just bombing like really bad. But like when I bomb, Victor can vouch for this. When I bomb, I bomb with confidence. That's great. So, so like, you know, I, I just keep it up. Right. And I'm bombing so hard. I remember this one guy at a corporate show. He said, I'm, he like yelled it out. He's like, I fucking quit. He, wait, he yelled that at you? Like yeah, he was in the crowd? Yeah, yeah. He quit so the company? He quit the company. <laughs> that's what yeah, I that's do, great. man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I go to a corporate show to get people to quit their jobs. That's, that's perfect. I, that should yeah. be a service you charge more for. You're like, hey, is there somebody in your company you want me to quit? <laughs> I'll make I'll it happen. I'll nail this mofo. <laughs> And then uh, when I run out of material, I'm going to play a clip from Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers 2. I think he Just left the out boob the... scenes. <laughs> the most important parts of Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Starship Troopers. Uh, no, but Keith left out a very important detail when he hate fucks the audience. If he's scheduled to do 45 minutes, he does 75 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just—it's not that he doesn't have that thirty. It's just more like, oh, here we're gonna definitely shovel this all in. Yeah. Hey, you know this one thing that you hated me about? Well, I'm gonna triple down on this one and say it. Do three. Oh my god, it's incredible. I'm like, dude. Yeah, that's we gotta great. go. We got. It's Get like no, there. no, no, no. It's like, oh yeah, one last, two more jokes, two yeah. more jokes, and it, there's never two more jokes. This will get him. Yeah. I like uh, when you go to like a like a, a show. Like an open mic or something, or like a, even a book show, where like uh, the crowd's not good for whatever reason. It right. happens. It happens. Yeah, People yeah. out there in Some, radio sometimes land, it is their fault. Yeah. Sometimes the crowd is bad, <laughs> and like no one's doing well. But it's so funny to watch, uh, like especially if it's like an impossible situation where like the tables are really spread out, they're not paying attention, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And like uh, comics are going up one after the other, bombing and bombing and bombing, but everybody that's like up next it's so fun to watch them get ready being like i'll get it i can do it i'll and then like you watch as soon as they get on stage they come in like they're doing their like showcase five best yeah. material and then you just watch it get nothing nothing and then they eventually just start to scale back into like okay i guess i was wrong i can't get them and then it's like the fun part of watching like just they just want to get out of there but they need a laugh so then they're like just reaching for any kind of noise so they don't have to walk off to complete silence yeah the the the, the i have a story about that the worst comic of all time barry sobel once did that to me <laughs> he he said hey i could get these guys like that went up he bombed so bad and uh he was like follow that and i was like <laughs> 
I was like, I can follow that without talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do like when someone bombs so hard that like you can just go on stage and like shrug, and the audience <laughs> is like, ah! <laughs> I just went up and said, I could do this. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, can do this. <laughs> so, where can the folks at home follow and support you at? Oh, uh, I'm on Instagram at Ivan W Decker. Uh, that is sort of where I, po I post clips on there and stuff like that. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, I believe it's the same. I think TikTok is at Ivan Decker. Oh. Um, I should know this, but uh, uh, I I'm still on Twitter, kinda, but right. not really. It's become a wretched hive of scum and villainy, um, <laughs> more than it used to. Yeah. And uh, but through my website, and then uh, also just look for that special. Oh, Facebook as well. I have a fan page on there, Ivan Decker. And uh, my website, ivandecker.com. I post links to upcoming shows uh, and all of that can be found through any of those socials. And then, of course, when the special drops, there'll be links and all kinds of stuff. So I would appreciate anybody who wants to follow me and I'll tell you all about where I'm going to be. Now, before I let you go, I just want you to know, has anyone ever told you your name is like a good name for a burger or something? You know what I mean? The Decker Burger? The yeah, Decker, Decker Burger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping at some point I can my career goes well enough that I get like a burger named after me or like a sandwich somewhere. Yeah. Ivan, thank you so much for doing that, man. I mean, I, I'm actually dead serious. You are one of my favorite uh, comics who's younger than me. And I, I'm very it was just so much fun to talk to you, man. And Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, that's, you know, that's so kind. Thanks for having me. I feel like we're actual friends now. So I feel I feel yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, okay. uh, you let me know when you want me to open up for you. I'll do a tight 45 or 75, whatever. Hell yeah. That's when I need a 75 <laughs> at a corporate. You'll be the first guy I call. Uh, all right. Have a good day, Ivan. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, all right guys. Uh, that was the interview with the great Ivan Decker, guys. And he left. All right. And uh, you guys did. <laughs> I always feel like you're about to talk shit about the guests, everybody's like, and hey, they left. Hey. And you look at me like, what are you, what are you going to say? He was cool. He was great. It was really great. Oh, yeah. Ivan Decker, guys. Uh, I got to re-announce his, uh, his, uh, his special ad uh, just so the folks at home know this. Uh, we were thrilled to share Razor Riffs with Canadian comedian Ivan Decker who is releasing his latest comedy special on Valentine's Day. So, Victor, grab your popcorn and get ready to celebrate and laugh with popcorn! Debuting Valentine's Day on 800-pound gorilla. Support it. Throw Ivan Decker what you can. All right. That's where... <laughs> Guys, thank you guys so much. If you guys like this episode, subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you guys next week on Razor Riffs. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.